0: and we're back to heart fails 73 I have a Lloyd Jones quote of course actually it's not really a Lloyd Jones quote but it is it's underneath one of his sermons <laughs> that's titled pitfalls and Romance and it's talking about the pitfalls Uh-oh. of preaching and how uh, a, in his view a preacher should never uh, like repeat sermons he should never, uh, make it just a mere performance of repeating a sermon over and over again mm. but he emphasizes mm. however that there is nothing like waking into one's own pulpit with a fresh sermon there is an uncertainty mm. to the service and the preacher doesn't know what's going to happen reference mm. oh i apologize referencing can't speak it's too early referencing this <laughs> as the romance of preaching he talks of times when his First point became its own sermon in the pulpit, and the remaining points became a series. And you never know what's going to happen in the pulpit was one of the things that he he talked about, the romance of being in the pulpit. And I kind of feel that way about the podcast a lot of times because, like I was saying before, uh, we started recording. I never, I I just grab random people sometimes and I start recording (laughs) with them. And you and I have literally met maybe, what, seven minutes ago? Yes. (laughs)
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> um, and I have with me a special guest today. I want you introduce yourself.
1: Yeah, so I'm Jordan Sweezer, and I'm an evangelist or a missionary outside of uh, Grand Rapids here. I stand in front of the abortion clinic. There's only two abortion clinics left in Grand Rapids, and I stand outside the one that does the surgical abortions, and I preach the gospel uh, once, one to three times out there. I'm out there from morning until at least 12, sometimes till they close. And um, yeah, and then I offer help as people come in, I offer a way out, I share the law and the gospel with them, and, but we also offer the mercy uh, that the Lord offers us, which is both spiritual and physical as well. So I've been doing that about, mm, well, only full time for a, a few months, but I've been doing it for a couple of years, and um, it's just been a, a great blessing to see how, how God works, uh, really, I've never accomplished anything out there. I've just been sent to stand there and proclaim His word, so that when amazing things happen, and we thankfully do see amazing things happen, uh, everyone gets to know where the glory goes. No one can, no one can lie and say it was them. It was all God.
0: Usually, I, I the first question that I ask somebody that's my guest for um, on here is, "What is our relationship?" But I think I covered it in my my prelude by saying that we met seven minutes ago. Um, but you're actually, you're, you're connected with Steven. Um, he's also in yeah. Grand Rapids. So maybe that's the Correct. better question right now is how did you and Steven meet or how did you guys get connected?
1: Yeah, that is, that is actually a really fun story. So um, my wife and I, I was a salesman. I sold lighting and our slogan was we sell to tell. So it was uh, Christian owned and you we were encouraged to share the gospel with the people that we were selling lighting to. And my wife was like, you know, there's this girl on Facebook who sells clothes, uh, and I've been thinking about doing it. So we went back and forth a while, and we were like, you know, if you really want to do this, let's give it a couple months, see if you still really want to do it. And if you do, like, let's take it serious. So a couple months go by, and I was like, all right, let's go meet these people who are selling clothes and doing what you want to do. And uh, that was the first time I had ever met Stephen and his wife, Jessica. She sells clothes. We went over to learn about how to sell clothes the way they're doing it. They had just offered us help. And then it turned into this, just this great and beautiful fellowship. Uh, we we ended up doing family worship together at their house. And then I oh. learned about how Stephen goes out and... Go ahead, go ahead.
0: Did, did you have family worship the very first day that you guys met then?
1: The, the very first day we that met. Is and in fact, awesome. Yeah, yeah. And I actually learned later that Stephen had had planned it from the beginning. He's like, you know, we're gonna make a new <laughs> friendship. I want to make sure we can we can worship the Lord with them. And uh, so he had he had planned it from the beginning, which was just just beautiful. And of course, it went well. And we have horrible singing voices in our family worship. We used to not sing. We do now, but we used to not sing just because of our. our our crappy singing voices. You have to
0: get over the self-consciousness. You're not singing for each other. That's what, that's been (laughs) the number one thing that I tell my kids and my wife as well. And usually you can hear my wife and myself, but you know, I I usually apologize if a song's more difficult than whatever. We try and sing songs that we know, but there's days where I don't even come close to the notes, so I kind of apologize (laughs) at those days. But you have to to get over that self-consciousness and just sing from the heart. Know who your audience is. Your audience isn't the people in the room. Your audience is the creator of the universe. And that's what, how could you not want to (laughs) worship?
1: Right. Amen to that, 100%. And, um, so we did. And then, um, you know, I had already been sharing my faith at work, which was new to me to share my faith. So regularly, and especially when I'm supposed to be selling, but we were encouraged to take our customers out to lunch and share the gospel with them and stuff. And I heard, you know, Oh, you stand up on a a stool and you, you proclaim the word on a street corner. I'm like, you know what kind of weirdness is this? It sounds awesome, but it's—I've mm-hmm. <laughs> never seen anything like this. You don't meet and, too many um, people that do
0: that nowadays.
1: You uh, you sure don't. And to my knowledge, he was the—I uh, could be wrong about this, but to my knowledge, he was the only person in the whole city regularly doing that. I, I know there's other people who have done it here and there, but he's been very consistent. And uh, so I started going out with them just to share the faith, do one-on-ones, what he preached with his Burton and Eastern ministry, and we just became really good friends. I would say we're best of friends um, for quite a while now, which has just been a real blessing. Both of our families are very close and um, determined to get the gospel out, which is a real blessing.
0: So the transitional question there then is, how did you meet Stephen? The second question, is always, what is your relationship with God?
1: My, my relationship with God is uh, a completely dependent relationship and a hopeful relationship where he provides absolutely everything that I need. He provides the uh, justification for my sin by bearing my sin when he was on the cross. And um, he has also been blessing my family with sanctification in ways that no man could should ever dare be prideful enough to take credit for. Um, So he is the person I go to on my knees uh, daily and ask for forgiveness and for grace to bring us closer to him, to help me to love my wife and children the way he would have me do, not the way that I naturally would see fit to do. To be diligent in my work and praying and studying is the God who uh, will never leave me nor forsake me. And um, yeah, he made the wretch, which is me, his treasure. So that is my my relationship and he's my father he's my king i am his son, and i am
0: his slave amen we uh one of the things that you kind of touched on is is steven going out and you know standing on a a painter's stool or what is that what it's called
1: yeah doesn't matter from harbor freight you know
0: (laughs) minor minor point in the story adam um but uh what one of the th- and i've i've heard this from so many people especially in kind of the group i grew up lutheran is how i grew up um and you, i became a christian lutheran? i'm sorry
1: what did you say you grew up I'm sorry I'm i grew sorry.
0: up in a, in a private uh lutheran school uh lutheran church okay. the i'm in minnesota where you're either catholic or lutheran um so okay. i didn't even know what <laughs> we're formed was until sure. like within the last eight years probably. Um, wow. I became a Christian I it's usually between 2012 and 2014 is where I point to um, okay. I can't pinpoint a time but I can kind of look back and be like okay I actually read the first the New Testament for the first time between 2012 and 2014 and that's when I felt the scales fall off my eyes. That's hmm. when I recognized my need of a savior first of all, yeah, and yeah. and growing up in a, in the church, I mean, is probably the fairest way to say it. Um, you, you don't, mm-hmm. you're told that you're saved, but you don't necessarily realize that you need a savior. Um, and that's mm-hmm. kind of been my observation and looking back, but at the time you just don't really, when you're in darkness, you don't know that you're in darkness is maybe the easiest way to yeah. say it. And, um, yeah. So, in talking to different people and in encouraging people, like, hey, you know, this is Stephen's ministry. And now you have a ministry as well, which we'll touch on later. And saying, like, what you guys do there that you're out on the street, that you're in front of abortion clinics, that you're at different parades and community events, that Stephen actually goes to crime scenes where there's candlelight vigils yeah. because somebody was just murdered three hours ago. And he witnesses to these people and he mourns with these people and he shares the one hope that these people can have when the worst thing has possibly happened to their loved ones. And one of the, um, uh, it's not really, well, yeah, maybe it's a criticism that I hear from people is, oh, well, you know, that's not going to work. You know, holding up signs doesn't work or, you know, going and you know, browbeating people with the law, like that doesn't work. And, you know, you should just show them love and you should just do this. But the other aspect of that is like the accusation of self-righteousness. And I'm sure you hear this a lot from people when you're actually talking about sin. One of the universal responses that people give is, oh, like you don't sin. And both you and Steven and everybody that I've heard that actually is out there witnessing the family friends strangers the number one response if they truly are a christian is i'm the chief of sinners that's why i'm out mm-hmm. here um so yeah. maybe talk a little bit about uh i apologize is it one life for life or is it on earth which which would be yeah, like your so,
1: <clears throat> one one life is the church which has sent me out they laid hands on and sent me out just by way of being able to get information out there, started a Facebook page called On Earth Ministries. So, you know, whatever one you want to use, they're, they're both accurate, but... Um,
0: on Earth Ministries?
1: Yeah. yeah. So is that yeah, just a Facebook
0: a, page or is that a website?
1: It's a Facebook page. Uh, there might be a website coming in the future, but okay. basically it's, it's, it's His will be done on Earth as it is in Heaven um, from the Lord's Prayer. So that's where that got started. And I just... That's what we, we desire to see. His will be done, <laughs> you know, yes. on earth as it is in heaven and his kingdom is coming. Kingdom is here. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. So um, it's kind of a weird name on earth ministries. People are like, what, you going to go to space? <laughs> you know, they're going to be yeah. on moon ministries. <laughs>
0: well, in, in the, uh, what is it? It's What's the space station called? The, the Isn't it? A- <clears throat> There's oh. some proper name for it that I don't remember right now. International Space Station, I think, is what it's called. Yeah. Uh, they probably yep. get podcasts up there, so they probably do. <laughs> I mean, we just have to promote it a little bit here.
1: <laughs> yeah, we probably shouldn't give them on Earth Ministries podcast because they'll think it's a uh, prejudice. So <laughs> <laughs>
0: this is that's the the amazing thing about the gospel. And um, this is my kids and I were actually I did I, um I, we're Facebook friends right now, yes, I think my I think so, my post yes. this morning was uh, for flowers from a Puritan's garden, and uh, mm-hmm. in Bible study at church we're going through Psalm one nineteen, which is the longest Psalm, and we're going to spend about a year and a yeah. half going through this, and it's wow, so beautiful. awesome. So I I I always like to get more, <laughs> like I I'm the kind of person that when I'm into something like I'll Google and know everything about it. Like I'll really get into it. Yeah. So I got Thomas Manton actually wrote, um, he has like a 2,500 page book online on Psalm 119. So he did like, I don't know how 120. I actually,
1: I actually have that book. Yes.
0: And it's how much have you read? I haven't read his psalms, oh, but I'm so I'm at good. It right now and,
1: <laughs> it's yeah, so... there's like four volumes dedicated to Psalm 119. <laughs> Do you you actually have the physical copy? I have all of the works of Thomas Mann. Wow,
0: <laughs> dude, I am so gonna borrow that from you. Um, I just have it. I downloaded it for free on digital, but I'm through like verse nice. 22 or 24 or something like that. So I was I was reading that. And then uh, The Golden Alphabet by Spurgeon is available on YouTube. You can listen to a reading of that, and that's also on Psalm 119. So in the Banner of Truth, I just randomly bought this book for flowers in a Puritan's garden, had no idea anything about it, and it's actually about the the analogies that Thomas Manton uses in his writings on Psalm 119, and then it's like devotionals, on these excerpts by Charles Spurgeon. So this morning's wow. was about a beggar and how a beggar if if somebody in rags walks by them like they're not really going to spend too much time accosting them or trying to get money off them because they obviously don't have any money. But if gotcha. a rich man walks by then they'll you know perk up and they'll talk and they'll try and get their attention cuz they think that this person might give us something and spurgeon right. takes it and talks about how the richest man ever is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and of course we should go to him for everything and he you know. can give us the greatest gifts he can give us the greatest treasures and so this is what i'm read it's like less than a page long the whole thing. And this is what I read to my kids this morning and we're talking about it. And then, you know, we're talking about Solomon and how Solomon was wise to ask for wisdom. Wasn't that wise of him to ask for wisdom? He had some sort of wisdom to ask for that, but he was given so much more. And I was talking to the kids about that. And like, do you realize this? You know, do you realize that you can go to Jesus Christ and you can ask him for anything? And he will give you these immense treasures. But the thing is, you can't ask for selfish worldly things because those are just dust and dung. They're nothing. Yeah. But yeah, I could kind of see like behind the kids' eyes, like, okay, you know, they're 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 digesting this, they're rolling it over. But even to me, just like going through this and being like, you know, I know this stuff, but I need to hear this, I need to read this. I need to be aware of yeah. this. Um, and I welcome to the podcast where I don't remember why I started saying something.
1: Well, you said something, so let me let me touch on it. <laughs> there you and, go. Uh, you said we can go to him for everything. And I've been preaching out of Matthew 22 uh, for a while now. And one of the things that just strikes me is uh, Matthew 22 is the parable of the wedding feast. So it says the king was having to be prepared, compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. So you can see where that's going. And all the people who were invited were not found worthy. And it's a reference to them killing the prophets and, and stoning them and rejecting them. And it says all who were invited were found not worthy. What does God do? He says, everything's prepared. My son is, is ready to come and die. You know, He sends his servants back out to invite all who will come on the main roads, the lowly places, you know both bad and good, invite them in. You look at it and you say, why would a king who needs nobody, you know, why would the king who is all powerful go out and invite the lowly, invite the, the wicked, invite the people who have rejected him? You know, <laughs> why would he do that? When he needs nothing from us. But that's just how how great he is. You know, it's, it's his mercy, it's his love. and That's what Stephen and I are, are doing. You know, we're servants just sent out to invite both bad and good and uh, invite people to the wedding feast.
0: I have Matthew 22, 9 here, so go therefore to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you find. As many as you find. Yes. Go and make disciples of all nations. All nations. Go out there. I, I think this is one of the reasons why people... I don't know if freaked out is actually the word to use, but that's the one that pops in my head. People are freaked out by the thing that you and Stephen are doing, that you are going out church. to the streets and literally talking to anybody and everybody. As has been pointed out by Stephen many times when he writes up things, this is actually more in line with what the apostles were doing, of what the original church was doing, than just having a holy huddle um of yeah. course we need to get together and worship and glorify god as brothers and sisters but that's only right. one or two hours on one day there's over a hundred hours the rest of the week where we are in touch with family friends walking in the street with our coworkers, with our neighbors i i feel very i mean i'm doing a very uh safe thing here by doing a podcast. I mean, I'm I'm kind of in my basement right now. I'm not going to get too many people driving by and cussing and swearing at me., uh, they, they do it from Even their now. computers probably at home. That is something that you guys deal with. That's when I, I went out once with a guy and he held up a sign and I was a little uncomfortable. Um, we actually talked to some catholic um, young ladies who were going directly in front of the abortion clinic cuz we were like maybe a half a block away on the main street the the vehemence the the vitriol that was coming out of people's mouths just by standing mm-hmm. there and holding a sign and even hearing yeah. other professed christians say that as well like you know holding a sign doesn't do anything um right. Well, I mean, I drive by the city and I actually see billboards out there that do just say simple things like, Jesus loves you. Jesus is your savior. Um, I would definitely like to talk to people more about those concepts rather than just flashing a sign and just being done with it and saying, oh, I've, you know, brush off my shoulders. I've done my job for the day. I said that Jesus loves you to somebody. Um, No, it actually does need to be fleshed out more. It does need to be proclaimed yeah. more, yeah. Um, and that's and, exactly what you guys are doing. Actually, you're not out there with what's the uh, what's the Baptist thing in Florida? In Florida, the, there's there's like the um, an organization that's always out there and saying God hates gay
1: people, and oh, is that the uh, is that the Berlin Baptist? I don't,
0: know I don't remember I know the what name. you're talking about everybody knows the organization yeah. even if you yeah. don't know the name because <laughs> everyone that's, listening
1: is probably like it's this it's
0: this yeah um, it. this is, we, can't remember. <laughs> we we've just lost the jeopardy question for five thousand dollars <laughs> um that's kind of people's viewpoint when they think of street preachers is they think of this you know professed christians who are self-righteous who are just out there to say how sinful they are and how god hates them. And it's like, that's not what's going on here. What's going out here is people in the cold proclaiming the gospel. And if you don't actually know your need of salvation, that's actually a problem. And one of the things that my buddy Tommy had said Mm -hmm. in the 50th episode was that everybody knows they're a sinner. I think everybody knows it, but I don't think everybody knows the extent of their sin. I I think that that they don't understand who they're sinning against because people compare themselves to other people a lot of times. And I know that I definitely did this, and I still do this sometimes. I'm a sinner, but I don't do these things. I'm not a murderer. I'm not a rapist. I'm not this type of person. And that's usually the response that just somebody worldly will give to you when you're out there and you're saying, don't murder your baby,
1: (laughs) Don't that's, do that. I'm saying my, my standard of justice is based on me not being as bad as what I say someone else is, rather than my sins are being judged against the standard of a holy God. And whenever we take God away from the standard of justice, and we put it onto another person or onto ourselves to be interpreted the way that we find favorably in our own eyes, <laughs> yeah, that's that's always going to be it's always going to lead to insanity to a position to where you could actually believe that murdering a, a baby is a good thing. <laughs> it's, you a, know? it's a and, benefit
0: um, for society. It, it always becomes uh, kind of a, um, an argument that this is good for society, for economic reasons, for emotional reasons, yeah, yep. um, for the, those types of things, which ultimately our sin is against the Holy creator of the universe. That's who we sin right. against. Um, that was a couple episodes ago with Stephen. I think we kind of touched on that um, with David and Nathan. I think it was fools mm-hmm. where I, I have sinned against God. That's who right. I've sinned against. And and that's the ultimate realization is that our sin against is is against the one who created us, is against the one who demands perfection, mm-hmm. and we yeah. never live up to that expectation. However, there is one who did, and that is the proclamation of the gospel. Not simply that Jesus loves you, but that he loved you so much that he paid for your sin. And now he commands every single person, everybody, to repent and believe in the only way, the only truth, and the only life. And from my understanding of Stephen's ministry and my understanding of your ministry, this is actually what you're doing. You're you're trying to snatch people from the fire, and you're trying to show people one mistake doesn't fix, or 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 one sin doesn't fix another sin.
1: I always say, just like uh, when people say that. It's a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but it's hopefully provoke thought. I say, well, my mom always taught me that two wrongs don't make a right. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> and um, it's like, oh, wh- what do you say to that? Everyone heard that from your mom. And then you bring it right into the Bible. You know, uh, it's obviously great to start and read with the Bible, and, and I do that as well. But sometimes you just need to, to knock people, like, off their tippy toes and put them back on their heels for a second. You know what I mean? And get them, and get them thinking. And you mentioned, uh, I don't mean to, to hide so I'm sorry, but I just, I was thinking about something as you were talking and going a little bit back to the signs. you know, the, the signs you said, people might say they don't work. And I do, I do hear that. I also see the signs working. Uh, for example, just well, last week, I guess. Yeah. Two weeks ago we had a sign and it just had two ultrasound pictures on it. And it said which, you know, which child was conceived in rape and which one deserves to live. Twice, someone actually parked their car. Well, once someone parked their car, came out and heckled us for a half hour over it because that sign was so frustrating to them. Uh, And we were able to share the gospel with that person for, I don't know, a half hour or however long she ended up staying. I think it was a half hour. and. It's just the signs are are provoking, but when you put the Word of God on a billboard or a sign, the world uses billboards to try to sell something to you, to try to entice you to something that would be appealing to you, but it's the opposite with the Christian message is our message is going to frighten the unbeliever. It's going to naturally harden their heart and make them angry, but that's what's so beautiful is in 1 Corinthians 1, we see The word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved is the power of God. And later in verse 25, the foolishness of God is wiser than man, and the weakness of God is stronger than man. When you put a Bible verse on a billboard, or if you have a sign that says, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the the life, that's the word of God going out into the world. And it shouldn't change anyone's mind. Repent and believe the gospel. It shouldn't entice anybody because it's telling them there's something wrong with them, and people will never naturally go towards that. But that's why the power of God <laughs> is foolish to the world. You know, the wisdom of uh, the foolishness of God is wiser than man, and it's just a uh, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful thing. I just finished a book by Ryan Denton. I highly recommend it for anybody who has not done a lot in evangelism or who is new or worried about doing it wrong, <laughs> they've done it a long time, I guess, called Even If None, Reclaiming Biblical Evangelism. He talks about a lot of things in there. I don't want to ruin the whole book, but one thing I'll touch on is, you know, when you preach the gospel, do you do you let people know what they have to be willing to give up? You know, you, you might lose your family. You might lose your job. You, all your friends might abandon you. Um, a lot of those things have happened to me and and to many believers that I've met who have became Christians because we have to honor God rather than men. And when you preach those things, that's, that's really when people are like, that's not going to get anybody, you know, that's not pragmatic. That's not practical to get people to talk to you. You're not building a friendship first, but that doesn't, that's not the point. It's not supposed to be pragmatic. It's supposed to seem impossible. And then it happens anyway, and it's the power of God. It's the glory of God, you know? So Prag- to touch on
0: that. <laughs> Pragmatism actually works in selling something. Um, right. and it said that you were in sales before and whatnot. Uh, the misconception in proclaiming the gospel is that we're selling something. We are actually not selling anything. We, we are right. giving it away for free because God is giving it away for free. We are servants right. who have... We don't have a product actually to sell. We have a message of grace and forgiveness. I've heard this many times from family members and friends and professed Christians um, that, yeah, that I'm doing things wrong, that I'm self-righteous, that things are never going to work. And I have the same situation where, yes, I have lost a lot of relationships since I've become vocal in my faith. And so that, that was the, I, I can look back the last four, four or five years and I can say, okay, this is when I first talked to this person. This is when I first talked to this person about something that truly mattered and instantly right. that relationship was over for the most part. I mean, that right. relationship changed and it's over and there was, you know, yeah, I maybe was maybe too forceful on some things and I've learned and. I definitely take ownership of my mistakes. But there's that whole concept of what works and what doesn't. Yeah, and what is practical. And we're actually going through a social justice book in our Sunday adult Bible study. And the things that it's... it's, (laughs) I'm sorry?
1: Tell me it's Fault Lines by Vody Bacham.
0: No, but I have. I read that right away when it came out. It's uh, Thaddeus Williams, I believe. Um, okay. So he really, he, he our, our elder actually did a very wise thing by telling us to go to the end of the book before we ever read any of the, uh, any in the book. And he, he outlined social justice B and social justice A. And basically social okay. justice B is everything that you hear on the news and on social media and all that kind of stuff. And then social okay. justice A starts with God. That's the ultimate. That's where you start. Is you start with the ultimate standard of God, um, not man. So social justice B starts with man. Social justice A starts with God. So
1: justice starts from God. Period. You know. You the, yeah. Any, exactly. And Any word in front of it you want, if if it's biblical, it's, it's
0: just justice. Yes. Correct. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so I, I would, I would echo that point, um, because I can't remember what I was going to say now about, yeah, family and friends and you're, you have to be willing to lose everything. I know what it was. So the whole book of Acts, um, you don't hear or read the, the church getting together and talking about changing the Roman justice system or the Roman prison system once, uh, or even the, the Sanhedrin, the Jewish a prison system since it was Peter and John were thrown in prison by by the Jewish leadership you don't hear them an outcry on the injustice of that you hear glorifying of God and you see Peter and John and the whole church going out and proclaiming the gospel there there's a there's a clear focus on our number one priority is proclaiming the gospel not worrying about the issues in society too much, because ultimately that's the way that we change society is by changing hearts and minds, which the only way to do that is by the power of the Holy Spirit. So, how do you get somebody to even uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word about Christ.
1: So, yeah, um, to to touch on that, just a. Uh, uh, touch anyway. Uh yeah, I mean as we as we bring the gospel to the world, if the Lord you know, you never know if you're gonna walk into a time like George Whitfield and uh where everyone's getting saved all the time or like the Apostle Paul, you know, where a thousand or three thousand were added to the kingdom of heaven that day. You know, (laughs) you just you don't know if you're in the season that's paving the way for that or if or if that season's gonna happen the very next time you go out and preach. What you do know is that as people, as you are persecuted, but as you preach the gospel, you know, you're you're not worrying about the the world treating you that way. You're just worried about bringing glory to God through your calling and through his word. But at the same time, as the Lord saves people, the justice system is going to want to reform. <laughs> you know, the, the rulers that will get elected into office, all of a sudden they will be Uh, of better character because it'll be demanded, you know, because, because, because people's standards will be higher because it won't be on, it won't be on the government to deliver us. It'll be on Jesus to deliver us. And we're not going to accept people who, you know, are are wicked to be our rulers anymore. You you kind of see what I'm saying? (laughs) Oh yeah.
0: William Wilberforce. (laughs) You're talking about one man in, in England who basically by the grace of God stood alone and abolished slavery in the British empire for the most part. One guy who was moved by Christ and he, wow. and I'm reading or I'm listening to his Eric McTacus, McTac, I think that's his name book right now. Okay. Um, yeah. And just the the quick Wikipedia is William Wilberforce was a British politician, philanthropist, and a leader of the movement to abolish the slave trade and wow. it basically was, um, and by the blessing of God, they did it without a civil, civil war in America. Apparently, we needed a civil, civil war to do it, <laughs> um, <laughs> and I think the difference really comes down to the focus on God. He was focused on God. He was not focused on just curing, um, yeah. curing the problem. Um, there or curing the symptoms. There we go. That's that's what I'm looking for. The symptoms yeah. point to a problem, and ultimately, when we meet other human beings, like we've met, you know, what forty three minutes ago, probably, <laughs> and you're my you're my <laughs> yeah. brother. Like I have yeah. no doubt about that. Um, yeah. And that that's where that's the joy yeah. of having these types of conversations is getting to know your brothers and sisters in Christ and you you don't you don't necessarily do that by going and having a church picnic like you you can yeah. i mean there's yeah. there's something nice about you know having fellowship yeah. and you know a potluck is a big thing in minnesota here uh we just had one on sunday actually uh i i would much rather just get together and have these type of conversations though i'm very awkward at potlucks and different things i don't <laughs> I don't like them I just you know it's too many people <laughs> just give me one to three people and just let's sit down <laughs> with our Bibles that that's I'm much more comfortable with that um, yeah I have a, I, I I don't know if this is a, we're, we're I, I can go longer but the note that I have is while you were doing ministry there was a lady that was obviously assaulted by her boyfriend maybe. Um, does that, is that enough explanation or not? Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Do, no do right you, you want to talk about that story
1: or no? Sure. Sure. I'll just keep her name private. But, yes. Um, but yeah. And, and I was just standing on the sidewalk talking with a father who um, had his girlfriend and child in there. And he was expressing how, you know, that's the kind of things you hear. He's a good person, and you know I don't need to worry. He's a good person, yet he's he's killed more than just this baby, and I don't need to worry. He's already good just because of his the um, skin color that makes him holy. And he said, "You wouldn't actually do anything for me because you're because you're white." He so this said, blah, is this blah, blah, is blah, some
0: you this is somebody outside of abortion clinic.
1: Yep, he, he had he was sitting in the parking the driveway talking to me. Um, and he said, I would never help a woman or a black man because I'm a white man, so I must be, must be racist. And right as he said that, this woman walks up behind us. So he just said a black man <laughs> and a woman. This woman walks up behind us with two black eyes. Uh, she, it's, it's like 15 degrees out uh, or, or colder. doesn't have uh, proper clothing for the, the weather on, no hat, no gloves. She's freezing cold. She has stitches on her face. And, um, she just looks at me like she's just about to fall over. And, uh, so I kind of just tap everything and are you okay? And what, how can we help you? Like, and and the guy that I was talking to said, you ain't going to snitch, are you? And she says, no, no, I wouldn't do that. And she kind of laughed as if she, she deserved it. You know, it's just, just horrible. But yeah, she, um, she was a professing Christian. She was just got out of jail and had went to, back to her boyfriend to get her dog and he beat her to a pulp and uh she wouldn't press charges on him and uh she left but she went to a house that sells drugs (laughs) presumably i guess presumably sells drugs and um just didn't know where to go so we met with her i picked her up and we, we got a me and another brother in the lord got a bite with her and actually a pastor from my church i invited and we just continue to share the gospel with her, and we actually. But this, you is, know, this, this is this
0: is, is after first meeting, or you this, you got in contact with. This is after first
1: meet. This was the same day, though. This was the same okay. day. So we we got her. I, I made sure she got home safe, and then uh, I called my pastor. Said, "Hey, will you come meet her with me?" And he's like, "Absolutely." Let me talk to the deacons. The deacons got a bunch of groceries, money just immediately, like and gift cards, brought it with us not knowing all the stuff we could do to help, but at least it's something right when we meet. So we shared the gospel with her. We got her out of the house. She came to church. Um, uh, a family at our church who I hadn't even met before found out about the need. They picked her up, brought her to church. She was invited over. I'll talk more about her story in a sec. I just really want to emphasize this really quick about the church. The church just, they did their they did their job. They did their job so well. And I can't, As a man, be discipling this woman, but I absolutely can help her. You know what I mean? I can absolutely share the gospel with her and connect her with the people who can disciple her or facilitate. Yep, and facilitate. I'll tell you that that has. I haven't been to too many churches in my life, but I can tell you that I know that people have struggled to get the church's involvement with undesirables. Not that they're even judging the the person who doesn't look like they fit but they just have, they've never seen it before. What do I do? How, how am I supposed to? What, is, is there a danger to my family? All these things that just never got addressed in their own mind, so then there's no action. But here, I've just witnessed five different women, uh, got her number, all older in the faith. Uh, kids are, by and large, out of the house or almost out of the house. And one of them messages them for every morning at 9 a.m., encouraging her with scripture, and trying to talk to her just to see how she's doing to help her stay on the right path. She she was invited over. She's been to church several times and she's been invited over for meals at people's houses. And we, they helped, we helped her, not me, but another woman actually helped her press charges on the man who had beat her up. he had beat her up again since I first met her within a week. And he got put in jail. She was there and she wanted to hear the gospel. And she wanted to know that That even though all the mistakes she's made and all the things she thinks she deserves to have happened to her happened to her, Christ is pursuing her, you know, offering her repentance and faith in Christ, offering her this special gift with people reaching out to her. You know, she's not even coming to us. We're going to her, but she's she's not too good for us. She's not too bad for us in her own eyes. She just knows she needs help and she's accepting it. And in, in the process, she she may be a Christian who I am uh, in, in a tangent in the wrong direction, you know, uh, but she may not be. But either way, we're going to keep sharing the gospel with her. We're going to keep showing her the truth of Christ, that he's the only way. But she doesn't have to live in a drug house anymore. She doesn't have to live with her abusive boyfriend anymore. She doesn't have to live in a tent under a bridge anymore. You know, she's she's got a place to stay. And uh, that's what the church does. Like, I can... I can meet these people and I can get them to church, but I can't disciple everybody I meet, nor is it really appropriate for a man to disciple a woman that's not in his family. You know what I mean? Correct,
0: um, yeah. This goes back to Matthew 22. Go, go right. into the roads and gather all whom they found, both bad and yeah. good. You almost yeah. want to put, like, quotes on good. <laughs> Right there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I Great mean, quote. Good. <laughs> we, we, we all, and, and that's kind of the thing. We all are beggars. We all are the bad people. Every single one of us. And Amen. I, I completely understand the hesitation of getting out of the apprehension of getting out of your comfort zone. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I live in a suburb. Well, <laughs> if I went out and street preached, like, I'm gonna go yeah. down to the historic downtown where, you know, you can buy. Uh, I don't even. Want, I can't even think of anything like two hundred dollar little plate or something. Uh,
1: okay.
0: I don't. I don't <laughs> even know. But but that's. Fine I mean China. that. Yeah, but that's the misapprehension as well. Rich right. people need to hear the gospel. Poor people H- need H- to hear the gospel. Um, I have yeah. a quote from Table Talk. Do you ever read Table Talk? Magazine. I have, yeah. Um, Every human being equally bears God's image, and thus should enjoy Mm -hmm. the same dignity, worth, and protection under the law. Wow, that's Christianity. So, anytime somebody bad talks Christianity, you're 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 looking at sinful behavior. If you if you're uh, Westboro Baptist, there we go.
1: That's what it is, yeah. That's if totally you're true. looking at Westboro
0: Baptist and saying that's right. how Christians are, no, that's yeah. not how Christians are. If you're looking yeah. at the, the Spanish when they came to the Aztecs and the Aztecs were doing uh, human sacrifices, hundreds right. and hundreds of people every single day uh, were being sacrificed by the Aztecs right. and the Catholic right. uh Catholic um, Spaniards came in and raped and pillaged them. Okay. Well, who's at fault? Both of them. Right. They both right. are pro- uh, displaying horrible, sinful behavior that does not honor God. And yes, right. as a professed Christian, as a child of God, I, I, what's I, I display horrible, sinful behavior at times. I do. And this is yes. not a justification for that. This is a realization no. Of, yeah, yeah I, I yelled at my kids too much today. Did they deserve that? I, no, they right. did not.
1: Oh, I love how you said that. It's not a justification for doing it, it's a realization.
0: Yeah. I love that. And that's where, when you see somebody that, I, we're in Minnesota, there's a thing called Minnesota Nice, where it's actually, you know, it's it's blizzarding today. And so if somebody's driving down the road and somebody's on the side of the road, you'll have three or four people pull over in like, you know, minus 20 degree wind chill and help them out. (laughs) Like that's, (laughs) that's Minnesota nice. But as far as, yeah, yeah, they're they're helping you out in a physical way, but you're not going to see too many people actually share the true treasure of the gospel. Um, Perhaps there are people in in those circumstances that will. Worldly help is very needed. And I don't yeah. want to diminish that in any way. Um, yeah. and, and when Steven told me the story of that lady, um, it, it was just heart-wrenching. It really was yeah. because it was, you know, you met her, you talked to her, you helped her out a little bit. And then she went back to the boyfriend and he beat her up again. And it was like, I'm talking about it now. Like, I want to cry about this. Like, yeah. this is yeah. a very common occurrence very common and There's
1: so much wickedness in the world
0: and it's and, behind closed doors and yeah. you don't you don't see these people very much because they don't go out very much but when they right. do go out where are they at a lot of times they're in the poorer neighborhoods they are they're at burton and eastern um and yeah. that's the wonderful thing about steven's ministry and um you're out there as well and there. Um, I don't know exactly your neighborhood or where where you said there's one of two abortion clinics. So you're at one of those clinics. Um, They're right around the
1: corner from each other.
0: I'm guessing it's not the most desirable neighborhood.
1: You know, it's the heart of downtown. Oh, Um, really? Okay. Yeah, it's it's Fulton Street, and if you ever pull up a map, there's kind of Fulton's one of the main roads that runs through downtown. Uh, division and it might be division in Michigan that split it, it might be division in Fulton, but they're both very big roads. But Fulton Street, it's a right through the heart of downtown. It's a double wide road, so there's two lanes going each direction, which is not normal in a downtown setting. Okay. There is a sidewalk which is just a little bit wider than than your normal suburb sidewalk probably. It's kinda like if the grass was also sidewalk between the road and your sidewalk, you know? Yeah, It's just that that thick of a sidewalk going down there. And we just, we stand there, the the people had put up trees to try to drown us out or to hide us from being able to see in the windows. They've blacked out, or tinted the windows.
0: Those we trees just, went up because of you guys?
1: Yeah, they went up. They went I've up because I've seen the pictures. People. Not, like, not yeah. me, but, but yeah. Not me specifically, but people who have been out there, yeah. Specifically they the they want to
0: make it look nicer. They want it to be a little yeah. more appealing. Um, yeah, and that was they, one of the did, things they that, didn't
1: have them when Stephen first went out there. I was like, "There was no trees." He's like, "No, they put them up after." I was like, "What?" <laughs> that one of have been so nice. <laughs>
0: I haven't dug too much into this and when it happened, but like the slogan used to be pro-abortion, like that used to be the slogan, but then they changed it to pro-choice because they recognized yeah. in marketing pro-abortion doesn't exactly sound appealing. <laughs> but if you change it, kind it to of the flaw <laughs> kind of you know if you say pro-choice though and if you say women's health and you say all these kind of things then it's a little more appealing and it doesn't you know yeah. you can just turn your eyes away from that and say you know it's not my problem um but yeah. ultimately beyond trying to save these children's lives you you guys are trying to preach the gospel and change hearts and save souls as well um that's actually probably say, the ultimate goal right yeah
1: Yeah, that's the primary. You know, uh, I love saying it this way. It's more of a mouthful, but it's the gospel ministry in the field of abortion, because I'm not out there to, quote, save babies. I'm out there to honor God, to preach His Word, and He's going to save babies in the process, as He wills. You know, and if He wanted to, Adam, that place is shut down right now. Snap of a finger, or the the Word of the Lord goes out, it's over. And this is, this is a hard hard truth, but it is the truth. He's decreed to allow this to continue for a time, for his own glory. And there will be perfect justice on it. Every wicked act that ever took place there will be punished. Either people will come to Christ by his rich mercy and grace, and Jesus will have died for those sins, or they will spend an eternity in hellfire, having the wrath of God poured out on them, for for their sins the gospel is primary you know i almost would say that i started this caring on the side of being so concerned that people were too focused on mercy ministry and not sharing the gospel that i was almost like i don't even want to mess with that stuff because i don't want to get sucked into <laughs> to just caring for people's worldly needs and then my chest got puffed out you know <laughs> Pragmatism really need- <laughs> leads
0: to distraction. I mean it, it really does. We yeah. we can be so pragmatic that we're completely distracted by the actual calling by yeah. our king.
1: Yeah, but by the grace of God, he, he softens my heart as well and recognizes like no he not only does he provide for me spiritually, but he does provide for my physical needs as well, and I should be willing to do everything I can to help with both. But I, I can't ever stop sharing the gospel. Every time we see them, we have to encourage them in the true God, Jesus Christ. Okay, we just threw our first uh, ever baby shower for um, a woman uh, here in Grand Rapids. And she uh, people from four different churches, she, she wanted to host it in her house. She's a seemingly professing Muslim. She met, she heard the gospel. We prayed with her. We explained to her that Jesus is the only way that he is the son of God, that he is God. And apart from him, this is where you're at. And she's, she's open. She's open in the sense that she's still listening. But we threw her a baby shower. She didn't have anything. Her husband said, you're going to kill this baby or I'm gone. And she said, I'm not going to kill this baby. She decided when she was at the clinic, she's not going to kill the baby. And he's gone. uh, he's, He's gone he left and her six year old even shared with some of the kids that were at, she has a 10 year old with a brain tumor and who can't walk very well. And a six year old who's perfectly healthy, but she said to one of the other kids that she was playing with there at the baby shower, my daddy's gone. He's never coming back, you know? And she knows that (laughs) Yeah, she's old enough to get it. And, um, she didn't have anything. She doesn't, she's renting the house she's in and, and, she was raising the kids and he was apparently he wasn't working very much anyway but supposedly bringing an in income for the family and uh, all of a sudden she's on her own <laughs> you know with three kids now man what a blessing it was for her to get someone gave their crib to her uh, with like a changing table attached to it really nice wood and more diapers for the first at least three or four months that you could need and uh, gift card dedicated to diapers people gave her money people gave her uh like car seat and strollers and rocking chair like just just everything that you need to be a, a mom for the first time <laughs> you know and she got it and, and it was it was so cool we just put it out on amazon made a registry put it out on facebook and christians everywhere people i don't even know just were like i want to support that you know and each person got a chance to put a note in their present that they gave to her, and almost every single gift had a note attached with a gospel message or with, you know, we're praying for you in the name of Jesus or or whatever, but to encourage her towards Christ. You know, mm-hmm. so she would see the love of Jesus in this. She, she's never going to forget that day. She says, "You guys come over anytime you want." <laughs> you know, she said, oh, "Oh, she's she's so thankful, so thankful." And, um,
0: that's an important cool. aspect to cover on what we're talking about, and maybe that's just a kind of clarification, is we're not belittling Mercy Ministry at all. Right. Um, that's right. actually on Facebook. I I became aware of the Amazon registry because of your Facebook. Um, and so that's where I want to encourage anybody who is listening, um, if you are on Facebook, on Earth Ministries, just like it. I mean see what actually is happening with Jordan here um another thing I had I'm just going to be blunt about this because sure. Stephen and I have talked about it at the very beginning I was actually encouraged by a couple different people of monetizing the podcast and I was I was very against it um and I'm actually very much still against it because I'm I'm stay-at-home dad my wife works she earns a very Comfortable income. We're very blessed here. Um, The extra money that I would bring in from a podcast, like, uh, what am I going to, I'm going to buy a new car? Like what? Um, I don't (laughs) want that. I really don't want that. But I told Steven, I'm not going to monetize the podcast for myself, but I am going to monetize it for you and Jordan. Like not monetize Mm -hmm. it, but I am going to promote you guys. (laughs) So, so one life for life.org. Is that correct? Yes. One Life for Life O N E L um, I F E F O R L I F E dot org O-R-G. Um and I believe yep. there's a drop down menu for you and your family um, to help sure. support you guys and the ministry that you're doing. Um and then also if anybody goes to Facebook and joins on Earth Ministries they're going to hear about different things like baby showers thrown for Muslim ladies. Uh, I mean, that's there, there, there's, there's two different ways to just kind of follow. And as far as I'm concerned, like you don't have to, if you can afford to give Jordan or on earth ministries, a hundred dollars a month. Awesome. (laughs) Like seriously, (laughs) if you feel moved to do that, yeah, definitely do that. But at the same time, you know, one to five dollars as well. You know, there's so many there's so many avenues with PayPal and Venmo and different things to just, you know, just give however much you're moved to. And I, I, I would very much encourage people to go check out One in Life for Life and also to follow on Earth Ministries. Um, it's been a pleasure. I have one more thing that I wanted to cover so that I could put this table talk away. because, you know, you finish a magazine and then you highlight some stuff and then, you know, you have to keep it out until uh, you read it on a podcast. Um, So I have Compassionate Conviction by a person named Lowell Ivy, and it says, The truth spoken in the love of Christ has tremendous spiritual value to penetrate even the most hardened and obstinate hearts. God's truth never comes to us as a mere compilation of doctrinal propositions. It comes as a flesh and blood person, as the very incarnation of the Father's eternal love for us in history, as the eternal word made flesh to dwell among us and in us, full of grace and truth. John 1 verse 14 In Christ, God demonstrates his love for sinners by revealing that love in the gracious character and in the atoning, reconciling work of his son. Romans 5, verse 8. The truth of Christ's death and resurrection comes to us as a living revelation in time and space of the gentleness and compassion of the triune God. This is the pattern that shapes not only what we believe but how we speak and live I'm going to close us down with my flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Thank you so much for calling in and being on here with me. I give you the last word as much time as you like, Jordan.
1: Thanks for having me on. And yes, it is so true that our strength and flesh will fail, but his word will live forever. He dwells within us. I would, uh, yeah, just encourage anybody who maybe has thought about getting involved in evangelism or wants to do something where you live in front of an abortion clinic is to also check out um, endabortionnow.com. They, uh, they can actually, through Apologia Church, and they, they will send you signs and give you the training materials and every cone to, to preach through and everything you need Uh, to get your church doing gospel ministry in front of your abortion clinic. You know, we don't need to grow an abortion now as people. They don't want the credit. They just want to bless everyone who, every church who wants to get involved in gospel outreach. Look look out for them uh, as well, because they want, they want to see abortion ended. Thank you so much for having me on, Adam. I, I feel similar to what you just said. We've known each other for an hour and 11 minutes, but, um and, and that we've ever met anyway and uh yet i know we're <laughs> closer than flesh and blood because we we're brothers we're brothers in the kingdom of heaven and uh in the future i'd love to talk with you either on air or off air just about your your lutheran upbringing because i was also raised a lutheran so <laughs> that would be fun to talk about so thanks for having me brother and i hope you have a good rest of your day god bless you
0: That's definitely going to be the follow-up episode, I think. (laughs) Awesome. God bless you, Jordan. God
1: bless you too, brother. Bye-bye.